Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Recording. It's Flames Nation Radio, episode number 25. I'm Ryan Pike. He's Shane Stevenson. Hi, Shane. Hi, everybody. And as per always, we're delivered to you by DoorDash and also presented by the great people at Eau Claire Distillery to make uh, Rupert's Whiskey the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Shane, this has been, a, this has been an interesting uh, interesting little bit of time with the Flames. We got, you know, the, the Flames, what, eke one out against Arizona in a game that was much closer than it needed to be. And then that absolute track meet of a game against the Edmonton Oilers where uh, our friends at Oilers Nation, uh, including Bag Milk, Jay, other folks, Tyler, your Emshuk, who, uh, who, you know, for, for folks who, for, for any, anyone, anyone who loves uh, the, the audio and visual content we provide, I mean, love, it might be a strong part. Anyone who strongly tolerates our, our content uh, on the audio visual side, uh, Tyler Emshuk, in addition to doing basically 90% of everything you ever look at at Daily Faceoff, uh, is basically the guru of audio visual at, uh, at the nation. So he's, he, I don't know how he found time to get away. And of course, Tyler, being Tyler, did a, a an Oilers Nation uh, game preview video, a live stream on the bus down from Edmonton, and then the Oilers, you know, proceeded on getting just trucked by what the Flames nine to five. It was it a competitive was close. Game. It was it was it close was, based on their power play. Like if the Oilers, if the Flames, the, it, it's been four games of it. If they like the penalties have always been a problem against Edmonton in all four games, and they just kept taking penalties and i was like if they stopped or even got a power player two of their own they could probably take over uh, at some johnny gaudreau was doing some special stuff in that at, game at some, johnny po- at some point another. at some point you and i need to break down some video with this on the site because like if you if if you are one of those people who goes i don't know why johnny gaudreau isn't getting serious heart buzz spoiler he's getting serious heart buzz anyone in the phwa in western canada is texting all their friends and acquaintances out east to you know we're spreading the gospel of johnny gaudreau as much as we can because quite honestly like we haven't seen a season like this from a calgary flames player in probably 20 30 years but if you want to if you want to make a reel for what makes johnny gaudreau a special player that's the game i mean and let's 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 be honest here i mean shane i don't think it's unfair to say that the edmonton oilers don't have the you know if they're not like the national predators in terms of their quality defense they're you know, they're, they're an average to below average defensive team in terms of their blue line structure. You know, they, they've made some. No, there was just the one play where Johnny Gaudreau danced Evan Bouchard into his net. That was, that was, 
Correct me wrong. That was there was one where Kulak got completely turned around, and then there was the other one. I think the the first or the second Kachuk goal where Evan Bouchard did the the Ian the the Ian White starfish away Ian from White. the puck yeah. carrier. Like I like it, it wasn't even like he was trying to block a shot that wasn't happening yet. He wasn't trying to block a shot or a pass. He just got so turned around by Johnny Gaudreau. It was kind of the. The cool, the cool thing about Johnny Gaudreau's five assists, all even strength, pretty much all primary, I think. And uh, you, yeah, could t- you could tell, yeah. you could tell the Oilers like on the bench, they're like, he's not going to do that to us again. And then I, I, I was thinking specifically like the Shillington goal, the sh- no, the Shillington one, the one I was thinking of where Bouchard was completely twisted around like a pretzel. So yeah. Johnny Gaudreau, or he had a rough night. Johnny Gaudreau <sighs> drives the, drives the net. And he doesn't have a lane to, to a shot. So he just holds on to the puck and protects it. He protects it and he cuts, he cuts across the slot. And everybody in everybody in white, everybody in, in white and blue follows him around. And then he looks over his shoulder and sees Shillington sneaking in and just passes it to him. Yeah. And, Goal. and so it was so, nuts. It was it was great after they they found that way to get the two-goal lead again. Like it was six five. It was six five for quite a while in terms of length of time. The score stayed the same in this game, which was not very long for any stretch of time. And they found the way to get that seventh one, and then they put the pressure down. That those are the, you know, Daryl Sutter said it. People that score lots of goals, and then there's people that can score big goals. Yeah, you'll, that you'll one look, goal in the third period so of the game like that. This is the is thing that Daryl was talking about because it was they're down one nothing off a power play goal. You know, actually, one nothing. Yeah, it was off a power early power play mm-hmm. goal. Uh oh, sorry. And yeah. then, then right away, you know, Lindholm gets sprung for Johnny Gaudreau's only secondary assist of the game. Gaudreau outlet to Kachuk. Kachuk springs Lindholm. Lindholm beats out the guy and chips the puck past the goalie. And Lind, you know, Lindholm scored scored some nice goals. Kachuk, like everyone that that line scored the goals they needed at the times they needed. So. We, we've talked about how like the flames, the flames league wide are the team that plays the least amount of time trailing in every game. And the reason why they do that is shock and horror. The Gaudreau line. Uh, I, I pull out of the stat uh, after the Oilers game, Johnny Gaudreau leads the NHL in primary assists when games are tied. So basically if, if it's a game that's competitive, a game that's, you know, in hand, so to speak, you can either grab hold of it. You can give it away. Johnny Gaudreau is going to grab the hold of the game for you. And he's done, he does that more than anyone else in the league this year. Literally better than all of the other players in the league this year. He is first. <laughs> like, like that's insane. That that's that's clutch stat. Like that's yeah. now he's got to do it when the games count the most, which a lot of fans probably did. But he's done it everywhere. He did it at Boston College. He he's done it to get them to the playoffs. There's no reason he can't do it. Like, he, it, he the Flames as a whole team now are playing he, he, better. He's done that from the first line to the fourth. He's done that everywhere except the NHL playoffs. He's done that. He did that in he did that in USHL. He did that in the NCAA with Boston College and the Bean Pot. Shout out to the to folks in the Boston area. He's done it in the Bean Pot. He's done it in the ECAC tournament or the Hockey East tournament. Uh, Boston College is in Hockey East. Don't don't run afoul of my college friend. Uh, he did it in the NCAA tournament. He did it in the World Juniors. Like he's done, he's done yeah, everywhere right, he's ever been. Everywhere but the Stanley Cup playoffs. And granted, and, I mean, um, you could make a case that he hasn't really had the, the supporting cast in the Stanley Cup playoffs 
as he seems to this year. So uh, as I said, Shane and I, uh, you know, now that we've had a chance to sort of see how things settle out, we're going to just quickly run through the lines and sort of give you guys a bit of an overview of how the flames shake out. And then we'll talk a little bit about potential tweaks. Uh, The top line right now, they, they, Shuffled them up for a little bit, but now it seems like they're back together again after a whole like game and a half apart. Game and a half max. <laughs> I think they might have played like twenty minutes of game time apart from each other this year. But yeah, John, Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, Matthew Kachuk, left to right. Kachuk is a lefty who plays the right side because the Flames don't have a lot of natural right shots, and he's actually pretty good like at. Him over there. He's he's good at it. Like, and, and the coach, the coach likes him over there too. The coach says he can come off the wall and 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 make plays with his head up and find better passing lanes like specifically the one where he rips it to Gaudreau and feeds Gaudreau for breakaways because that you can't really plan for that because Gaudreau only goes when he knows Kachuk's got possession of the puck so once he sees Kachuk has it it's, it's like Kachuk, Kachuk's <laughs> uh, we, we we've discussed uh you know in, in the past we both discussed our admiration for the great Yarmir Yager you you at many mm-hmm. points in your life mimic Yarmir Yager's great hair uh, Yarmir Yager is just like, he as wishes. an aside, co- covering Yarmir Yager for three months was like one of the most surreal parts of my career, if you can call it that, Nuts. because like you just learn stuff from watching Kachuk and or watching Yager. And I think the thing that Kachuk learned from, from Yager is, uh, let's put it this way. He learns how to use his ass better. Uh, yeah, look that's at puck it. protection. There's players that sort of play compressed. Like, say, there's guys that sort of stand up and, you know, dipsy doodle the puck. Like, uh, Jay Bowmeister is a good example of this. Jay Bowmeister was like a stork. He had no hunch in his posture. He, his ass was in, his shoulders were straight, and he just sort of, it looks like a, uh, it looks like a, you know, a meter stick playing hockey. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very tall, good center to balance, and good stride. He was a great yeah. skater. Yeah, and, and TJ Brody was kind of like that too, where TJ Brody is a very upright player. And then, you know, Yahar Yager is he sort of plays a little bit hunched over and he sticks his ass out. And the thing with oh, yeah. sticking your ass out is like, if he you have, doesn't if, let anyone hear if, if you have your, your arms out like this, this is going to look great on video, terrible on, on audio, but if you have your arms extended out, you get, you sort of have an extra bit of space to maneuver. And if you also stick your ass out to sort of nudge the player behind you, because if, if you're behind me and I'm just using my ass to protect the puck, you can't get around me if my, if I, if I know what I'm doing. So you have like a wide stance and sort of stick your ass out. And that, that's the thing that Yager is great at. Like he was so good on cycle plays, especially this prime, not so much when he was with the planes because he wasn't in his prime quite simply, but he was so good at that. And the thing I've noticed since that year, that, he's, that, that period of time he spent with the flames is so many of these young guys just know how to use their ass better. And Kachuk especially, like he gets, he, Kachuk's he, nuts, he takes the pass on the right side and then he sort of sticks his ass out, waits for Gaudreau to go and just flings the pass over to that lane and Gaudreau's gone. And he did, he did, he even did the same thing on uh, that Lindholm goal against Edmonton where he's behind sort of just, the net. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many. That's where prime. Yeah. So like, and, and Kachuk, you know, he's, he's very good at using his, his butt on those uh, reverse hits where he just sort of skates backwards and hits you with his butt. Uh, another player, like, I don't think Shillington spent very much time with Yager, but if you watch Oliver Shillington, especially live, Oliver Shillington, I love watching skate. Uh, but Shillington so is really so good. Shillington is really good at, he skates into, like say, especially if Tanev's going for a puck retrieval, uh, Shillington will skate into the skating lane of the other player and slow down slightly and just get his ass in the way. And it's not so much obstruction because he's still moving and he's not really, you know, he's not like interfering with a guy. You could say, well, he's getting in the way of a skating. Well, yeah. He's yeah. joining him. 
He's yeah, just he's just gaining momentum. He's if the guy doesn't want that, he's just slowing down. And it's easy to around Shillington, but if if he gets in the most like that, that's if if you're asking me, if there's one thing that Shillington's gotten better at this year, it's it's the the so-called music between the notes. And I guarantee you, he's learning some of that from Tanev. But oh, yeah. team wide, I think the the team wide of using their asses, team ass came from their time with Yager. So again, Yarmir Yager, we know we know we have a lot of fans in the check in Czechia. We love you guys. Keep playing. We never want you to stop playing, Yarmir. What I love about the line is how they each each have a role, right? Behind the net, the gritty is Kachuk. And Kachuk is great. Like you said, he uses his ass and he comes off the wall and creates a bit of space for him. Now, if a guy comes from the right, he knows he can whip it left and Johnny's his backhand and Johnny's going to be over there on the boards to pick it up. And if Johnny's getting pressured, Johnny can keep going back to the D. If he sees that that lane's kind of covered, he can go all the way back up to whether it's Anderson, Tanev, or whatever right hand, or Goodbranson at the point on the right-hand side knows they're going to be there. And Lindholm will pinch over to the hash marks on the wall if he sees Kachuk in trouble, so he can be an outlet. Now, if they know, and this is the mo- maybe the most perfect part of Lindholm's game that I love, is if he notices if Kachuk's got space behind the net, he's not over at the hash marks on the wall. He's in that spot between the face-off dot and hash marks where he loves to get a pass and how, just how rip it by the goal. How many one-timers does he score from that spot? He is so smart. And, and the only reason all of that's available is because each individual player does their job properly. Johnny doesn't go behind the net and grind out in the corners. We know that. That's fine. He literally excels everywhere else. And he's got a guy who I'm not going to say he's Yager level, but I will say he's definitely yogger like in the terms of being able to protect the puck behind the net Sidney crosby does it fantastically like he can go around the net and protect the puck and he's not using his ass per se but he's just using his knowledge of you're going to chase me here and i can duck and i can duck and they just waits below the line until someone gets open in the middle of the ice until the coverage breaks kachuk can do that kachuk can find those lanes to lindholm and i probably seven to ten of lindholm's 30 goals are from plays like that yeah, and the, the thing the thing I've noticed that the team does, and I'm sure I'm sure you've noticed it, Shane. Compared to last year, I think they're much better at they don't do wild flings into the slot anymore because those those are those are automatically like it's if you do like a a, a bump out straight out from the from the boards into a lane, it's a lot of turnovers. What they do if they yeah. don't have if they don't have a clear thing, they just whip it into the corner and rim it around to the other side. Yeah, and they so just keep possession. Yeah, they force everybody to break up. And even if that one, like if you, let's just wait, if you do a blind back pass into a lane, you don't know who's going to get it. It's pro- it might be the other team. It's sort of a toss up. And you're basically, it's, you got your entire team has to stop what you're doing, turn around, go, oh crap, and then book it the other way. If you do the, the blind rim around the other opposition net, everyone has to stop what they're doing and move to the other side. And granted, you probably do that because it's a set play, so you have a guy over there already. So everyone has to break their f- defensive formation, shift to the other side of the ice, and it gives you a little bit of time for your guys to find find gaps. And I think that's one of the things they've done a lot better this year. Maybe I want to say it's a Kirk Muller thing because it's new this year. They do it much yeah. more frequently, much more effectively. Could be, could be a full Daryl training camp thing too, right? Like yeah, it, yeah, but it could be. So I, I just think it's it's a it's it's just a smart thing to do because it's it's a it's a small little thing that helps you do a lot of other things and prevent you from doing worse things. The other thing I really like that's structurally changed, especially from the Jeff Ward era, 
is the amount of point shots from the point without walking the line or anything. Now, it's blasphemy to say anything bad about Mark Giordano in a Calgary market, but I will say the one thing I never liked was how often he took a shot from the point. He didn't try to bring it closer to the net. He didn't try to put it down low. He thought mentality, let's get it on net, something might happen. It's not a terrible thought. He's a Norris Lewinning defenseman. System-wise, if everyone's bought into the same thing, you watch a player like Noah Hannafin, no one won't shoot it through traffic. If there's traffic and he knows he can't get it through, he's dumped it back deep because he knows his forwards are going to be come out of the front of the net and win that race to the puck because it's about always having possession and second and third chance efforts to make sure the puck's on your stick and not their stick. And I love that that addition, instead of just firing it from the point, especially the side, the side points, they'll either fire it from the middle of the ice where the rebound could go either way and it's chaos for anyone to read, or they'll come low and try to shoot it from in closer for a higher percentage chance, which you can see it in the standings. It's working. (laughs) And I'll say that I think what they've been really good at doing this year compared to other years is it feels like the defense is more integrated in the, in the forward off in the, the forward attack and vice versa, where like, Right now, like you, you'll see, you'll see Shillington jump from the like if 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 mm-hmm. Hannafin doesn't see a, a shooting lane, you don't know if you're if you're doing video in the flames, if you're if you're if you're doing your pre scout and you're you know someone forechecking, you don't know if he's going to dump out into the corner, if he's going to go across to the other guy, or if he's yeah. just going to go. And that's yeah, like, it's it can be any of them. It's whatever guy will do that. Like I would argue, Good Branson's probably the guy who does it the least because he, he knows what Literally. he is. Yeah, like it's a mobility thing, but Zadorov does it a lot. Uh, you know, Hannafin, Anderson's Anderson. Hanev really Hanev is a sneaky underrated offensive player. He's got that Hanif's shot, and he's so just... good at keeping the keeping like he uh, of of he knows where to be. He'll leave his wall. Hanev is one of the guys that most guys will stick to that wall with their right shot as a as a default because they know if they throw it up the boards he can be there Tanev's great at reading if he the knows boards where to, take he away, knows where to he'll go. come in off the line but he won't like pinch in deep he'll come in off the line because then if the puck's turned over he can still go right back and cover he's, the he's almost range. never he almost never goes goes lower than the yeah. tops of the circle Top of the it's almost like just that air, that's like same with outside inside the blue line that's where he lives and yeah, him so and Callie Arncroke <laughs> and and that's a th- and I think you know we we talked you know we've talked in the past you know about Selkie candidate uh, Elias Lindholm and how many great Flames plays bet- by Kachuk and or Kadrow and or you know sometimes Shillington or Anderson or Hannafin start off with somewhere in the defensive zone like a turnover he induces a board battle he wins something well, even really the, even something- the, we we probably don't give him enough credit but. Branson and Zadarov break up a lot of plays and then they shoot the puck up the ice and the forwards end up getting all the assists. There's probably, if you could, if you counted tertiary assists from, from your own zone, I, I bet you all of the flames defensemen, not just but, the guys with counting stats, all of them would be up there. I, I think, I think what the D man would say to you in rebuttal is I think the flames use their F3 in their own zone much more effectively than they did in the past. Like it's, it's not, I think, I think Lindholm is the best at it in his own zone. He's basically a third defenseman. And I think that's why they're so good when their breakouts work. That's why they're so good. But well, the center's I, I think the first if, one out if, of the zone. If you look at the other guys, I mean, Ever. you know, uh, Backland is really good at that, at, at, at uh, getting turnovers and zone exits. Yarncroft's learning. Uh, I think Monaghan, when he's good, does that well. I think I think Adam Rzichka figured out that part of the game pretty well. And I think 
you know, that, that'll be something that helps them in the past. I, I think Ryan Carpenter is learning, but you know, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of subtleties in the flame system. I think you'll have the rabbit's head around, but I, I think overall, I think that's, you know, there, remember you know, we're not talking about a lot of like just large scale structural changes, but it feels like they just sort of took last year's team and went, Hey, why, why did you do it this way? Do it this way. And then they just went nuts. Well, even zone exits, I, I, the center is the last forward to leave the zone. Like that, that's important. And you, you, it's hard to notice like the winger, a winger leaves his own first. Now that's what happens when Kachuk gets the puck on the boards, normally in his own zone, like the blue lines right there, he'll, if there's a defender pinching, he'll look back. Like he's not scared to pass back into the zone to his centerman who should be behind him breaking out or a defense. Uh, right. Yeah. We talk about him going cross ice to Johnny, but the pass isn't directly across. It's always back because usually other teams are going to go back checking and there's more space back there. Cause you have possession. Now you can go back. Now that burns them sometimes. Like uh, <laughs> there's been a couple in, in the San Jose game. One of the passes went straight back to, to Timo Meyer and he potted it in the net. That can happen. You do have to be wary. You can't just blindly pass it. Milan Lucic was trying to do that actually last year with Jeff Ward. And there'd be a lot of blind passes right back into the slot, but the cent that's because his center wasn't always where the center needed to be. That's the importance of the center position that the coach talks about. And, and that's why it's so important when he says, Oh, you don't get it. Well, the center can't cheat for offensive opportunities. The center's got to worry about his own zone first. Daryl's spoken a lot about how important the centers are to the team. Mm-hmm. And I, th- you know, I think structurally it's right. Cause you know, they, the, the nice thing is, especially in the breakouts, like you notice, you know, the, the center's the last guy out, but you know, another thing they do really well is, you know, I think one of the things that they've kept that worked really well in previous incarnations of the flames during this last few years was the, the idea of trails, like you, you know, you have layers of guys entering the zone, layers of guys options. It's like, look at the, uh, when Shillington scored the goal against Edmonton, he was the last guy in. There was already a couple of people in the zone doing stuff. One of them was happened to be Johnny Gaudreau, but just the, the idea that everyone, everyone follows around the puck carrier and then here's a trailer. So they have to break off coverage. And then here's another trailer. And you have to break off coverage. And then here's your point guy. And then mm-hmm. you have to break up. So it provides a lot of just different exit. It, it basically provides... If you're a, a, a forward on the, you know, with the puck, it gives you a lot of different options, and it also gives you know the opportunity to sort of break up coverage that might be there. And I think you know it's it's easy to be like, okay, everybody enter the zone at once. Just yeah, but that's, that's, but it, but, yeah, yeah. It, it, teams are good at defending that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you completely. Like I agree, and they they do it really well, and, and the whole lineup's got to buy into it. They've got. Great defensive-minded wingers in Coleman. Uh, they've got Yarncroke now. Toffoli as well knows that. And Matt Mangiapane. Like, those guys know not to leave the zone too early. They know not to be. Like, the Flames don't really go for a stretch pass. Like, Chicago, when you watch teams like Chicago or other teams like that, they're constantly looking to stretch and get behind your defense. And it's like, okay, you can try. That might work once, twice a game. Then you also have to beat our goaltender on a breakaway. But it, more often than not, it just causes a turnover, and now it's an odd man rush the other way. So Calgary, you'll watch too. They don't chase in their own zone. Like, like uh, one of the most interesting things is, you know, it's, it's so commonplace to watch uh, someone chase the uh, defender. He goes behind the net, and the defender still chases him. Calgary doesn't do that. The defense, the right defenseman straight up stops, and the left. The other thing I really like too is when they turn around, they switch, because then the left-hander is on the boards, and he can rim it. 
instead of the right-hand guy having his stick in open space. That's why Tanev, if they come in on the right side of the ice or the, the say the bench Tanev side of the ice, he'll take the forward and separate him from the puck. Shillington turns his body and comes and picks the puck up and he's got the puck. Now, if he's pressured, he's on the boards with his stick and he's not shooting it into open ice. He's using the boards to help protect. It's a great system. I, I give massive credit to Ryan Huska. That is, that is a great way to keep possession and just keep the puck safer. So it, they've added so many little things that they do fundamentally and they've been doing them and practicing them since game one against Edmonton. And that's why they were, I'm just loving this. And, and I think the thing, you know, we'll, we'll get into the second line in a second. I think that one of the reasons why I think the Flames are so effective right now is they made the tweaks in training camp mm-hmm. and then they kept everyone like the, the veteran group was together from day one of training camp. And I know there was some criticism, including from us, about it would have been it would have been nice to see some it would have it would have been nice to see Jay, you know, Pelche and Phillips and Philp and all these guys. It would have been great to see them have an opportunity to play with some veterans. And you know, they did. Okay. But the reason why they didn't is because they had so many of these types of things to do. And I think in retrospect, I think we can give sort of give them a, a bit of a break on that because yeah. it's worked out. And you know, if if I mean, they're never going to come out and say, hey, guys, here's why we're doing it this way, because like that, there's really no reason to. But looking at it in, in retrospect, it kind of makes some sense. So that, that's, yeah, that's our spiel. Worked. The number one thing is if it works, you're a genius, right? Like, yeah. like if it didn't work, and like I, I think I said it way earlier in the year, too. It was very important for them to get off to a hot start, especially with all the contract situations they had. If, if the trade deadline hit and the Flames were even six points lower or 10 points lower than they were, we're not talking about adding yeah, Callie Arncroke and Ryan Carpenter. We're talking about selling what is, is it, is it worth selling Johnny Gaudreau's contract? That's eight points. That, that's the, that's, and that's, that could have been lost at any point along the way. And then the conversation's completely different. I, I, did I think the work early and it's, it's got them in the right spot. So we'll jump at the second line in a second, but I think in a broad sense, a lot of things have gone well for the Flames, and some of it has been luck. I mean, they've been remarkably healthy. They had the fortune, so to speak. I did air quotes for those listening to this on the, on the audio. Uh, they had the fortune of having the entire team get COVID at once. So instead of having it burn through the a slow burn for the team, it did a quick burn. And, it, you know, at anyone who has has had COVID, any kind of symptoms, to tell you it kind of sucks. Like it's not a, it's not like they sat around at home drinking martinis and playing with their kids. Like it, it was not a fun time to have your whole team and a bunch of staffers with COVID. But the nice thing for them is that's the extent of their injuries this year. They've had a few minor things. There's definitely people playing through a lot of things right now because, of course, there is. But I think you know they've been remark- remarkably lucky that way uh they're lucky that a lot of players are having career years granted i mean they're players that had really bad years last year and they were destined for a rebound maybe not to this extent but i also think like shane said that there's a lot of things that they've changed with a, a mindset towards changing them w- towards a certain outcome making the team harder to play against make the team a bit more sustainable defensively a more layered forecheck better puck protection better puck possession and i think a lot of those things have worked out really well so i mean yeah credit credit where it's due They're, they've been lucky but you you know what's the old saying shane you got to be good to be lucky 
and they've been. Yeah, you got to be lucky to be good. Yeah. And with, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. No, so they, I, I will give them credit. I, I love the mentality they currently have. Uh, I think you got it was a big talk at the press conference uh, either today or yesterday of, you know, what, why is your attitude so important? He goes, and Daryl's like, well, you, what do you want to get complacent, fall into a wild card and play Colorado? Because he, 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 he knows was, that's a waste of eight days. So yeah, and he also you used know, the, he used the phrase uh, recording this on Wednesday. He used the phrase, uh, "Yeah, you want to get the shit beaten out of you." Like, you, yeah, yeah, like no, they don't want to get the yeah, shit kicked out. No, that you want the best matchups, and you get the best matchups by getting the best seed. So Calgary's going to work their butt off. They're chasing. They're chasing Colorado. That that really is who they're. They want to be ahead of them in the regular season. They, they can't. I, statistically, right. that's not going to happen. I know. Co- Co- if Colorado stops playing with a goalie, it's still <laughs> unlikely the Flames will catch them. That's how far exactly. ahead they are. Exactly. But it's also points, extremely they're, unlikely they're that Calgary points, falls out of the division lead. Probably not. Depending how these two games if, against if, LA go. If the Flames go 500, they still have a, a pretty easy chance. So we'll jump on to the second line. So to, to summarize our long discussion about the first line, the first line is real good. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau should and will get significant consideration for the heart, get heart trophy. He'll get, I, I think, I I don't know who wins. I do not have a crystal ball. I haven't talked to a lot of other, other potential voters. Um, I would say like he's, if I had a ballot, if I get a ballot, he'll probably be on mine. I don't know mm-hmm. where he's going to be, but he's, he's, it's hard to really just it's, him not being a top five player in the league right now. It's always McDavid. He's always in there, right? Cause he's McDavid. Um, but right now this year, it's really Shesterkin. It's been Shesterkin and Matthews for a few weeks. I'd say Matthews. With Shesterkin, the amount of primary Roman Yossi. Yossi's season. Well, but here's the thing. Yossi has uh, got a lot of points. Makar's impact is high. It's so, it's like, you know, because there's, there's enough again, debate though, again, between Yossi and Makar. Here's, 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 my, here's my Yossi thing. They got a good goalie. Like, Yossi Saros is a damn good goalie. Really good. And but what do they have for forwards? Like they're, I would say, like I would say, McCarr. Granted, Colorado's been missing a lot of bodies this year. Like they've been really unlucky with injuries. But Colorado's got, you know, yeah. a really really deep forward group. When Nazem Kadri is on your second line, you have a damn deep forward group. Mm-hmm. They have a forward group that's four or five guys deep in players other teams would cut oh. their limbs off to get. Arturi Lekkinen's now their third line. And, and again, and he I'll scored. This, he scored the goal that sent them to the cup final. Having, having seen him so, last night, Devin Taves is probably the most underrated defenseman in the league. He's, two second round picks. Two second round picks is all it costs them. That's, that's highway that's, robbery. Yeah, that's that's not even like the highway Fair. robbery is an understatement. So I like again, these are the kind of things when you look at when you look at most valuable, you look at where the team is. What you know, you basically try to imagine if. I snap my fingers and Johnny Gaudreau disappears from the flames. How much worse are they? And why, you know, what, how much worse are they in a lot of areas? And I think the flames are just, the flames become a very average even strength team without Johnny Gaudreau. I think, I think he makes a big difference in a lot of different aspects of the game. Their entire offense runs through them. This power, their power play runs through them. Like so much of what they do runs through him uh, for Nashville though. Like they're everything and even strength runs through Roman Yossi. So, well, I- and Philip Forsberg, you know, his point totals won't be as high as Yossi's, but he's missed some time, and he's got thirty-seven goals in fifty-eight games. He's pretty. So, he's good. He's really so he's 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 a help. And Matt Duchesne's also having a massive career year. So, but it all you're right. It all runs through Roman Yossi. Yeah, like I I think I don't think I if you look, if you're trying to figure out heart voters and heart votes, 
and even other other votes. I think the heart's probably the one that's probably the one where people most likely go to go. I'm going to go look at the points for every player and then go. Hmm. So that's that should be the hard votes, right? And the, it's not that simple. They should because... look. They should look like our our listener Ben did at the primary point totals. The the, uh, the that that Johnny Gaudreau has because he leads the league, number one in the league. And John, Johnny Gaudreau yeah. is, uh, I think the uh, in the the lockout era since uh, 0506, uh, I believe the NHL's record, uh, the yeah the NHL lead in primary assists in a single season or primary uh, even strength points in a single season. Connor McDavid in 1718 had 84 even strength points. That's five on five, four on four, three on three. Whenever you have as many guys as the other team. He had 84. Right now, with uh, 16 games left, Johnny Gaudreau has 70. Leading the league, 14 away from McDavid. Johnny has been a point-per-game, slightly more than point-per-game, even-strength player all season. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect him to make a run at that. So He should finish top five. It should, should projectedly finish top five all time. Well, not it's post-lockout era of... Yeah, in, in in the if new not NHL if league. not actually give McDavid the run for the most ever, which would be just wicked and just yeah. So a uh, fan pointed that out to us. Uh, Johnny, we knew Johnny Gaudreau was having a great even strength series uh, season, but this was he's got a chance to do something really special uh, in terms of league history as well. So so yeah, for the top line, very good. Lindholm will get votes for the Selkie because he deserves it. He's been he's been excellent. I, I think, uh, and, and Johnny Gaudreau, as we said, he'll be, he's getting strong heart consideration. If you, you know, have 20 minutes to kill, you know, DM me and I will send you links and all kinds of stuff about, you we know, how good Johnny Yeah, like I, I will, I will, you know, there's, you know, it's, we're a small market. No I don't shit. mind, I don't mind scoop stumping for, for players who deserve it. Um, exactly. I think Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Kachuk is sort of the, the forgotten man there because he doesn't have the, you know, we've talked about this in the past. He doesn't have the defensive bona fides the way Lindholm does, and he doesn't have the offensive bona fides the way that uh, Goudreau does. He 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 has the unfortunate uh, uh, fortune of being the the second best, the third best guy in that line. And that's not to say that he's bad. He's the worst guy on the best line in hockey. So I think there's worst places to be. I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that. I think they each do an own individual job at different varying degrees of success uh, like his in his defensive impact uh, is actually fantastic like in terms of rapham and, and expected goals against actually dwarfs lindholm's now lindholm's got to do a lot of other stuff which is why and i think I that's stuff that's like not really captured that up. Rapham, so. but but in terms of actual like just pure analytical impact his is massive so oh, yeah. it, 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 when, when you say he's, he's the third best he's he would still be the best player on like 20 different NHL teams. Like yeah, he's, he's be well their worth best the player. He's well worth so, the Okay, let's let's move yeah. on to the second line. I think we spent like half an hour talking about they deserve it though. They deserve they, yeah, like they deserve that. Right. Half if, hour. if if uh during the during the, the Stanley Cup final one of them might be getting a trophy, maybe two of them, they deserve the, the attention they're getting. So yeah. uh, tell your friends, especially if they're PHWA voters. Uh the second line, uh not quite as lauded, but still pretty good right now. It is Michael Backlund between Andrew Mangiapane and Tyler Toffoli. Uh, Toffoli joined the Flames from uh, from the Montreal Canadiens uh, on Valentine's Day. And you could say the Flames love uh, Tyler Toffoli. He's under contract for two more seasons. He's quite good. Michael Backlund under contract for another couple of seasons as well. He's quite good. He's their shutdown guy. I think, I think the Flames are trying to figure out where Toffoli fits best because we've seen – 
we have seen Blake Coleman on this line in the past. Now it's Toffoli. I, I think at some point we might end up with Coleman on this line more often than not because he's ben so Backlund Coleman had some of the best counting rates league wide, like almost Gaudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm level. So that's, I, I know uh, Kent Wilson, very uh, respected in the Flames community, writing and used to write for the Athletic, used to Flames Nation too, I don't, I think at some point. He, he was um, their founding editor. Yeah. And he also founded Matchsticks. So everywhere I've ever wrote, Ken's founded it and I've just followed 10 years you, later. You uh, <laughs> sorry. We, lo- we, lo- but, we love you, Ken. Um, he points out that that line works fantastic together. But I do think Sutter is trying to see what he has in his toolkit. Now he did call the second line out today without calling him out. He said, we got guys with large goal totals that ain't scored in a long time. And I know this because I highlighted it on beyond the box score after the sharks game. I believe I highlighted uh, Andrew Mangiapane has one goal in his last 13 games. This, and, and this is, this is Andrew Mangiapane's worst, worst goal scoring month at five on five this year. The worst part is because I track every single game and I know how many offensive chances he's gotten. He's having bad luck. He is doing good things to try and create goals. He just can't finish them off. And unfortunately at this time of year, and that's what, and then the coach is just going to tell him nonstop. You got to finish them off. Being close is only good in horseshoes and something else, but hand grenades, hand horseshoes grenades. and hand grenades. Yeah. NHL, you need to score. So he did. The coach knows, and you know, if the coach mentions it at a press conference, the player sure as heck knows. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm uh, pretty, he's sure on the pretty sure Daryl would be at his stall in the locker room, being like, "Why aren't you scoring more goals, kid?" That's probably he's not exactly or, or, or hey, we need you to score. Can you put one in? And he'll probably, I'll try. I'll, yeah, I'll do it. And he's like, "Okay, well then, do it." Right? Like, if you're gonna say everything's earned on merit and goals, Toffoli actually had been not. Um, not quite up there as well until he ripped that power play goal home the other night. He'd been on a bit of a slump as well. He hasn't hasn't scored a ton of even strength though. Well, Coleman and Backlund and all those guys, they really haven't, we're back into the front top lines, really carrying things. Them and Dylan Dubé. If, if four, (laughs) if, if the way it tends to work is if four, if four goals are scored even strength, three of them are done by the top line. And then one will be scored by one of the other guys or the D men. I, th- I would say I'd say the the top line would be on the on the ice for three of the four goals. Yeah, yeah. Like it'd, it'd be like, oh, should, I think the you know in the example in the nine the 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 nine to five game where they scored nine goals of even strength, like what five goals were scored by Goudreau's line? Six or seven, I think. They had ten individual high danger chances, which dwarfed the entirety of what the Oilers got all game. Yeah, and that's and that's against. And that's against an Edmonton Oilers team that's admittedly not very good defensively. It's a so, playoff. That's that's a team that's most likely going to a playoffs playoff spot. And, and I, I I part of in the back if, if LA can get healthy, that's going to be a hell of a series. I I I do. I hope they beat the crap out of each other in seven games, and then I hope Calgary gets home ice and makes the second round. So I hope. Yeah. Hope, the, hope. The, the, so I, with, I'm not I'm not going against the coach here, coach. Coach says we're not there till we get there. We don't have a seed until. Oh we no, we don't. It, so. We don't work for the team, so we can say where the fuck we want. See, <laughs> see what I just did there. So uh, the the cool, yeah, with with Manchipani and Backland and Tofoli as the the second line right now. The third line is sort of by default the leftovers. 
Uh, it is Dubé, Callie Yarncroft, and uh, Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman's really good. Dubé's got some speed uh, yeah. and some Hawk creativity. Yeah, and uh, and Yarncroft is getting there. I think he's sort of wrapping his head around things. The nice thing is on that line, at least you had Dubé and Yarncroft who could take faceoffs from the strong side and either side. Yarncroft I think that whatever way he wants. Yeah, I think I think that's a benefit. I think those that's I think. Uh, Coleman playing as well as he did, I think he might have been shifted down to that line to sort of get them going a bit. Uh, Dubé, Dubé, Dubé's been a really reliable, not even he's a secondary looking- player. He's almost been a tertiary player because he sort of plays in the bottom six primarily this year. Uh, he's consistent. He gets you, he, he, I think he had like six six or seven shots against uh, Colorado. He's one of the better playing yeah, flames. Six, six points in his last seven games, which, yeah, was, and, which was massive because he had 15 in like – 50 before that if, so. if we're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna criticize uh dylan dubé it's just i feel like he's getting most of his chances sort of in that lane on the side rather than getting in between a little bit marks a bit and you know and even the shots he's doing you know they're they're not the kind of shots that generate a lot of rebounds and chaos he's making you know he's getting shots but he's getting so-called easy shots from the easy areas and you know in the playoffs he's gonna have to Crash and bang. We we saw it against Dallas uh, in in 2020. I thought he was arguably the Flames' best non-Kachuk player in that entire postseason because he was just yeah you know, he was a, a, light, a switch went off in his head. Scored. And, yeah, uh, a, a switch went off in his head, and he was just like, "I got to be the guy I was in the World Juniors and for, for the uh, for the Kelowna Rockets," and he was. So was. that yeah. goal he scored off the wing where he just drove the net, put his shoulder into the guy, and just came in and tucked he, it he as johnny good he he did what johnny goodrow so eloquently put regarding uh lies lindholm uh, against dallas on that, that i'm sure all, if you're if you're longtime Flames fans you're aware of that goal he scored he basically just put his shoulder into a defenseman and just sort of shoved him out of the way and as goodrow would put it sent him back to the gym and yeah he just he you know he just said i'm gonna score a goal now so Dubé has that ability in him. I think it's a confidence thing right now because he hasn't really had he doesn't really have the swagger he used to have. I think he's getting it back. Yeah, and I, and I think that in the last sixteen games, if you can get Dylan Dubé feeling like World Junior Dylan Dubé, Memorial Cup Dylan Dubé, AHL playoff. Well, he barely played the AHL playoffs, but if you can get him feeling like two years ago playoffs Dylan Dubé, all of a sudden I think that's pretty. So I think we're going to see some shuffling in that in that middle Four. six a bit. Uh, I think you're always going to see Backlund on as the, the second line center. You're always going to see probably Yarncroft as the third line center, and then they're going to shuffle around to sort of mix and mash depending on opportunity and the situation. The, fo- the fourth line just is, is fascinating to me. So the fourth line is any three of the following five gentlemen, Milan Lucic, Sean Monaghan, Brett Ritchie, Tyler Lewis, Trevor Lewis, Trevor Lewis. He's a Stanley Cup champion. I should get his name right. Trevor Lewis and uh ryan carpenter you got three guys who can play center between lewis or lewis monahan and carpenter uh i would say of the three of them uh, i was monahan's probably the best guy at center when he's playing his best he was really good at the dot against colorado if carpenter gets more acquainted he might be a better defensive shutdown guy he's just been doing it long than Monahan has. Monahan's had to change his game yeah. due to the lack of mobility. We've we, we, we've talked about that at length uh, on previous yeah. podcasts. By all means, go back, folks. Give us a listen. And but, again, and again, before anyone anyone gets mad at us, we love Sean Monahan. This Sean is Monaghan. no one will ever say a bad thing about Sean Monahan. Good guy, good teammate, good human being. Players love him. 
teammates love him. He's, he's just he's he is what he is at this point. He's been a contributing member to this team and this record. It's a team game. He's done a lot of his now it's five on five, everything. He's lost so much mobility, but he's still in the right spot. He's still doing the breakouts right. And as long as he can play no event hockey on a fourth line in the playoffs where they don't get scored on, they don't need to score, but they don't get scored on. And they can provide 10 minutes of rest for the big guys to go the top nine to go back out there and do their thing. That is all they need. And and I I think if he can do that, I think he gives you a weapon on the second power play unit, because I think if you can, if you can get into the, get into the, 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 the rock when he's in the slot, he's, he's, if he has time in the power play to get a shot off, he's money. He's, he's not quite Lindholm one time in the slot. Good. Cause few players on the team are right now, but better than we ever gave him credit for, for a long time. We just started to notice when they started going in. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the thing. Like I think your, your second power play becomes that much better. If Monahan's good enough at five on five, to be in the lineup and then you can put him in the second year power play and you're in business i don't know if he can do that consistently daryl at this point basically calls him a platoon player i think part of that's trying to motivate the guy but i think part of it's reality i think at this point at least for the final 16 games i you know i probably think we see 10 games of monahan and six or seven games of uh of carpenter and they probably carpenter rotate some guys to with lewis too like, yeah, like I mean, carpenter, you can play, you can carpenter lewis too. monahan kind carpenter lewis monahan are kind of the guys that i go like let's see them all Lucic is a permanent fixture like I don't think Lucic is rotating out I think he stays forth his presence in the lineup alone makes defenders question themselves going into the corners and the fact that the flames roll sorry use all four lines means they don't know if he's going to be out there so him being there is huge for me and so Monaghan Lewis Carpenter and then and I don't see, I don't think we see Richie unless it, we have to, he might get one or two in. We'll see him a few times. I think those three Carpenter's definitely going to get games in and it'll be at the cost of Lewis or Monaghan, but he needs the games. He also needs to get up to speed and he's a very extremely effective defensive player, which is perfect. Perfect for that role. So, so I think, I think that's, do you have anything else you want to say about the lines before you move on? Lines? No, I'm ready for your uh, your your next uh, lovely uh, read All right. here. All right, so f- folks, as you will know, we're uh, we're doing a promo with Manscaped. So uh, after lighting the lamp, hit the showers with their all-in-one skin and hair care kit that provides you uh, with coverings from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for twenty percent off and free shipping with the promo code Flames. Again. That's 20% off and free shipping with a promo code flames. So yeah, especially, you know, if, uh, if you want to look nice, it helps. If you don't want to look like me actually buy the razor. <laughs> hey, Hey, all I can, all I can say is different looks for different people. There's no better. There's no worse. Some guys look like Chris Russell or uh, Chris Tanev with their long manes and their, you know, like, like uh, this way, uh, this way. It, th- there's many people in the world who look at Brent Burns and say, now that's a hunk of a man. And there's many who look at Michael Backlund, who has a completely different look and say the same thing. Who's to say who's right? The answer is everybody's right. So if you want to look more like Michael Backlund from a grooming perspective, Manscaped. There we go. That's a flame specific plug there. Again, that promo code is flames. I know it's a, it's going to be very hard to, to pay attention to. Uh, so the, 
we're getting to the point. We, I touched on this uh, when I was on Sportsnet 960 The Fan with, uh, with Pat Steinberg and Matt Rose on Tuesday. The Flames are in a position, I know Daryl alluded to this when he was talking uh, earlier today on Wednesday about wanting to finish as high as possible. I don't think we're going to see the Flames make significant roster moves as in holding regulars out until they're as high as they can get in the standing. So, you know, we're, we're anticipating they're going to clinch a playoff spot. I think at the time of this recording, their magic number is eight and a half, which is, I believe it's tracked to both Winnipeg and Vegas because they can finish top three in the division by, by having Vegas not uh, be able to catch them. And they can also guarantee themselves at least a wild card by making sure that Winnipeg can't catch them. So right now, if you're asking who are we tracking magic number against, the answer is both. But their magic number is eight and a half. That's Flames wins and Winnipeg losses and uh, uh, Vegas losses. Uh, once one or both of those numbers is down to zero, they get a little X in their name in next to the standings. Everyone's happy. And then I think they might see them you know, make some changes. But especially if they if they manage to, they have two games coming up against the LA Kings. Uh, and if they do well against the, the LA Kings or the Kings right now are a 500 team last little while, uh, they were going gangbusters for a while and then they hit a bunch of injuries they're they've kind of thinned out the schedules kind of co-opted them a bit uh so the flames magic number on uh on I believe right now both la and edmonton are playing is 11 two one oilers after one just Ooh. so you know so anyway that's that's what i say if the flames manage to clinch the division or if another team clinches the division and the flames can't move up anymore and they can't move down anymore if they're locked into a spot when that happens, you're going to see the Flames make some changes. Shane, I'm curious, you know, uh, what would you do? Let's just say, you know, Flames got five games left, six games left. They got a little Y next to their name in the standings that indicates they won the division, or they simply can't move up or down anymore. Who do you want to see? Who do you want to maybe rest? Like, what's your what's your dream scenario? Because I have a few in mind. Um, well, the number one number one thing right now is since day one, Calgary's been managing their entire team's minutes they're not no one's playing no forwards playing 23 22 minutes a night like uh the maple leafs or even bruins at time to play their top line 22 23 minutes a night calgary's been managing their minutes well all year so no player has really gone crazy so uh i don't know if the top like I, you would like to rest the top line but if they're in pursuit of 100 point seasons and records and they really truly want to try and achieve those accolades you can't, it, it'd be so mean and so rude to say, no, you can't do that. Go rest. You're going to rest. Now, if they're all in on this team, like they, everyone really seems to be, then they wouldn't care. They don't care if they finish with 99 points or hundred points, although the hundred points seems like something they would like to get. So I don't think those guys come out. You see who's got bangs and bruises. Uh, you you want to see, I really want to see what Connor Mackey can do. Should we need him in the playoffs? That, that's, that's the one thing. And you can sit, uh, Zadarov or Goodbranson to say for a game, or you could get Stone in. You could sit them both, and you could put Mackie Stone in and be like, "Okay, guys, you're we've clinched. We're we know we're playing this. We've got the division. Go out and show us what you got. This is the system we want to play. Show me you can play in case we need you. That that's right now my main thing because I'm just we didn't get another defenseman. I want to make sure Connor Mackie or Valimaki are good to go and, and ready to ready to play whatever one they feel is the one they need. Uh, I think Adam Rzichka has had a lot of time up with the flames and they know what he can bring and kind of do. So I would say they're very comfortable with him. Yeah. I don't think they need to call him up just to see unless they want to 
get them re- reacquainted with the group before the playoffs, or if they're going to let them be a primary uh, offense driver on Stockton. Cause that's the other thing. Do you really want to disrupt the Stockton heat when they have a chance to go on a deep playoff run, which would be a great experience for all of these players that and, factors and, into it for me as well. That, that so. was the thing that, that we got into on, on, uh, on 960, just the idea of like, <laughs> okay, like you don't want to, you want to, I think there's a balancing act they have to do because like, you could be like, okay, these six flames sit down. We're bringing in Dustin Wolf. We're bringing in Mackie and Valimacki. We're bringing in the entire Stockton top line. Well, that's great. But can you do that in a way that doesn't derail Stockton? Because Stockton, you know, as much as the flames are battling with the LA Kings right now for, and, and the Oilers now for, for top spot in the West, or the Pacific, rather, uh, the Ontario Reign are battling with the Stockton Heat for top spot in the entire AHL. And if you're Stockton, you can get a buy through the preliminary round if you win the division and you finish high atop. So there's a lot of positives, these guys. So, you know, if you can steal guys away for a weekend or two midweek games or something, like if there is, is there a lull in Stockton's schedule where you can bring up two or three guys to Calgary to give them a nice reward and, some, and a, you know, let's be honest, most, most of these guys – in the AHL, you're making like tops, hundred grand. Most of these guys on entry level deals, you're making like seventy 90, grand. 80. Ninety thousand is the minor pay, actually. No, um, it's seventy. It's seventy. Se- yeah, seventy is the entry level pay right now. So, so when they come up and say Pelche, who's made who's prorated salary is eight hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars a year, he'd make a week a week on the big club, and that's what he's in the minor league, basically. So, yeah, yeah Adam, and, and Adam players like Pelche. Deserve they've played so well down there, they really do deserve that little extra payday. Justin, Justin Wolf, Wolf as well. Dustin Wolf, uh, cost I think four four thousand dollars against the cap for the one day he was up, and I think he ended up taking his take home was something like 2,500 bucks for one day. He's making 70k in Stockton, he gets 2,500 bucks for a day. That's a, that's a pretty good reward. Like if you, if the idea is definitely buying everybody dinner down. If, if the idea is that you're, you're, you know, the, this, the flames, as much as they are uh, a couple hockey teams, and I guess they also own the cross team and they have owned a bunch of stuff, but for the purpose of this this exercise, the flames organization manages people and they're managing two hockey teams right now who are doing really well. And it would behoove them. I I think from their perspective, I think they would love to, be able to financially give some nice rewards to some of their younger players who've been just absolute gangbusters. I mean, so I, if I were to answer the question I, I posed to you, I would say I wouldn't be shocked if we see Dustin Wolf get a game in. I don't know. I, 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 I would be a bit. I, I don't think the other thing here is, uh, you know, the, the, as the GM might want that, but does the coach want that? And that's, that's something that they both have to get. I, 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 think, I think they have to build some comfort with him. I, I that it's a he's your third a guy. He's your, I'm he's glad guy. I'm not the one. Adam the Adam Verner. Adam Verner is an 880 goalie in the AHL. Adam Verner is a below replacement level goalie in the AHL. I've been told great guy, good in the room, everybody loves him. He he he's probably gone this year because he's not a great goalie. He's he's a distant fourth in the depth chart. So I think you probably you probably want to bring up Wolf for a day or two have him practice with the team and play a game and, you know, get used to it. Just build some familiarity with him in case like in the event, anything happens to anyone useful on the team, you're gonna, like, you don't want these guys to be strangers. Like they didn't really intermingle a ton during training camp. So maybe you do want to bring up some guys for a couple of days. Like, you know, Luke Philp might be a guy they need in the, in the postseason. I think he's done. He just scored 20, his 21st goal over the weekend. Uh, you know, two, two 20 goal seasons, basically in, in three years in the AHL. Great, great yellow player. Probably want to see what he does. 
uh, Pelche, you want to see him, you know, get, get him a chance to sort of see some guys. It might be good for him to sort of rub, rub elbows with Johnny Gaudreau for, for a weekend or something, you know, uh, Matthew Phillips, maybe one of the, one of the other forwards. I, I think, I think we're Matthew probably going to, I would, I would be willing to, I would say off the top of my head, I can think of like six guys you could bring up, maybe not all at once. Maybe, maybe with the ideas you don't want to completely sewer Stockton, you bring up two at a time, ferry them back and forth. Different guys in Calgary will be day to day. I mean, everybody's day to day with something anyway. So they only get four four recalls anyways. They get uh, four non emergency recalls. So if you have enough guys who can't play, like you bring them to your doctor, say, Doc, John Monahan has a sore wrist. He can't play for two days. You do that to enough. They do that enough guys, and you know, then you can bring guys up. So I think they, I think they're going to save their regular recalls. But I think you can easily, you know, I think they can manage their emergency recalls and the health of the roster in a way that's sustainable for both the Flames and Stockton. I I think I I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. I just I want to know it, what the it depends on what the mentality around the team is and the roster, and if it's truly just we're going for it. I, I don't know, especially because you might choose to say put Richie and or, you know, those guys in, cycle them in for games instead of those guys down there. So I do personally believe that Pelche, Wolf, uh, and Phillips specifically, as well as Rizicka, have all earned more NHL paydays. I just don't know. I'm, I'm not in the room enough to know what the mentality is if that's the approach they want to take. So uh, I, I agree with you. I like, I like giving them the time and the possible effort, but again, until they've got the top seed that they can possibly clinch, and that could be only two or three games at the end of the season. It could be depending on how the Oilers and the Kings do down the stretch um, could be detriment. It, it might not leave them with the time to do such a thing. So uh, yeah, I, I that, think, I think that's, say, that's going to be a story to watch because like, you know, if you're if you're if you're going to need all hands on deck, you're going to need probably more guys than you have right now. And I think and they said know, that. They said they, they said that in September. In 04, how deep did they go into their defense? Oh my! Let's they ran not, out. Let's not talk about 04. I fully believe that the Calgary Flames did not win a Stanley Cup in 2004, not because of goal judges or whatever the hell you want to talk about. They did not win a Stanley Cup because they ran out of human beings who were healthy and could play NHL hockey in their system. Brennan Evans, bless his heart, longtime Grand Rapids Griffin, longtime, you know, very good AHL player. Can't say enough nice things about him as a minor league player. He, He came in from the ECHL and played in the conference final because the Flames ran out of players. That's embarrassing. When you he he has not played an NHL game in the regular season in his life, and regular season games don't give you a chance to go play in the Stanley Cup. And if you win them, he played in the conference final. The last, he was on one of the four final teams in the NHL that year, and he didn't play in the NHL. That's insane. He didn't play in the AHL. He didn't even play in the AHL. Well, he played the AHL a little bit, but yeah, he was he was a primary. He was a like an ECHL guy. I think he was in Johnstown that whole year. Here's here's a here's a fun question for you. Did he do it for free then? Because salary stops getting paid at the end of the regular you, you season. Get, you, get per, you get per diem. Per diem? Okay. Yeah. You get like, I, was like, I think it's like that it, dedication. It's like a, I think you get you get uh, he he lived in a hotel. He was a black ace. You live in a hotel. You get I think at that point you got your meals comped and they give you a hundred bucks for walking around money a day or something like that. 
Yep. And you get to fall and you get to go on the bus and all and the plane and everything and you're there. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think the flames are going to see, I think they'd like to know what the guys are like who aren't here right now to sort of, that way, because if, if somebody, if, if somebody gets hurt, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. Let's say somebody gets hurt and you need to go, Oh crap, get Pelche. You would like, it'd be beneficial if the guys in the room had some familiarity, the coaches, the man, like you want, you'd like to, to be able to walk in and they say, cause they're not going to have a lot of time to, you know, bring somebody in and get them up to speed. It'll be hi, You're the guy. Cool. Come on in. Here's your gear. You're on the third line. Boom. Done. Go play. So you need, you need the, they know the system very well. Uh, Daryl Sutter has been very complimentary towards Mitch Love and the way he's integrated guys. And I think historically the flames, if you look at the, the last of the last two coaches of the Stockton heat, two of them are, are coaching with the flames now because Kaelin. they did a good enough job preparing guys that they got promoted. So that's a good endorsement. And I think Mitch Love is well on his way to potentially getting an NHL gig yeah. uh, in the organization because of the work he's done. But I, I still think, you know, they're going to know the system, but you want to be able to sort of know them more than just, hi, how's it going? I'm Jacob. Okay, you're on the third line. Get in there. Like you'd like to sort of have some familiarity with them beyond video and whatever. Ideally, ideally, yeah. Uh, I, I do, ex- you know, there has to be some expectation that they are professionals to some extent. Uh, to some extent they, they got to be ready and prepped like hey that's the job right like like we, we we glorify it sometimes like not just you and me but everyone in the world to the point where we re- don't realize this is a job for them they have they should be ready they should be prepped we shouldn't yeah. have to but deal if, with if, that if you want to if you want to build in success though if you look at the two guys who came in especially tyler defoley who knew, knows everybody and you're crazy for him you're knows Kro- everybody. he knows everybody it's team sweden in calgary so, you know, like, I think, I think, I think it's, it's helpful for integrating guys into the group at short notice, which if anything happens, it will be short notice. I think that'd be beneficial. So yeah, well, we'll see what happens. It's going to be, it's going to be a very fasting period of time. And Shane, I've noticed your phone's been dinging during the podcast recording, which reminded me of something. It reminded me of something. So uh, folks, I know if you've seen uh, on, on our Twitter and uh, on the website, we've been mentioning the Calgary Flames keyboard here and there. So people ask me, Ryan, what the hell is the Calgary Flames keyboard? So I will answer this. Here's the Calgary Flames keyboard is. So you know how when you're texting with your friends, you know, you can post emojis, you can post memes, you can post GIFs and all that stuff. So the Calgary Flames keyboard, quite simply, is uh, something that, you know, you can download to your mobile device. Uh, I have an Android, other people have iPhones. Who's to say who's right? It's not me. Actually, you know, I love my, I have a Google phone and I really enjoy it. That's my, that's my unsolicited plug for technology today. But yeah, if, if you, uh, if you have a lot of Flames fans in your social circle, uh, you know, da- go into the app store and just search for Calgary Flames keyboard. They have memes, they got gifts, they all kinds of, you know, wacky stuff for you to enhance your fan experience, especially during the playoffs. I mean, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to goof around with some people in your fan base, if you want to goof around with uh, maybe you have an Oilers fan in your family that you want to troll, Calgary Flames keyboard might help with that. So that's that's our that's our plug for for our partners who are uh, who are working on that. Uh, it's I, I downloaded fiddle around with it. It's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. You, you can easily access the GIF of uh, Andrew Manjapani with a background of bread 
around him, giving you the thumbs up uh, without having yeah, if, to search if, for it. Now. If you like, if you so. like the goofy memes that the uh, that the Flames Twitter, uh, they, they they don't have a, they don't they won't be able to post the great jokes they do because that's just pure pure genius. But uh, for the memes and the gifts that they have, that's all on uh, the Carrie Flames keyboard. Many of them, so that'll be that'll be that'll be fun if you want to try it out. Uh, and so uh, Shane, I, I think uh, I think we're over an hour, so we'll probably. Yeah. We're, we're probably, I think that's good. We, 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 we gave the top line a hell of a lot more love than, than we so, planned on, but yeah, and, again, and we, and we, and we did, you know, we'll, you know, we, we, if, if folks, if you're wondering why don't they talk about the goaltending and the defense as much because the goaltending defense has been consistent all year. They've had the same three pairings all year. They've had the same two goalies aside from that one game in Seattle where Dustin Wolf came in for a day. Uh, you know, but I think the, I think they're, they're very comfortable with their goaltending. They're very comfortable with their blue the blue line group uh they've managed to mix and match their forwards a bit and we'll probably continue to but yeah it's a it's a there's no shortage of things to talk about in flames land this year it's gonna be a good week we have la two games against la you win them both you're in a hell of a better spot uh you lose them both you're in a hell of a bad spot it's it's as simple as that yeah. so although although the the nice thing for them is if you look at it they got uh, for folks who are you know if you're listening to this on thursday as part of your pre-game ritual uh so here's the deal the flames play LA the day after Edmonton played LA then on Saturday they play St. Louis the day after Edmonton played St. Louis then uh they fly to LA Monday LA is rested Calgary's rested they play the Monday both of the teams will play Saturday in other areas they'll fly to LA they'll play they'll play Monday in LA then the Flames have I believe they have Anaheim on Wednesday in Anaheim San Jose in San Jose on Thursday and then they're in Seattle for an early game next Saturday uh that will be a five o'clock start it's four o'clock local i'm covering that game live so that'll be fun get to go to the emerald city i get to go to the seattle aquarium oh yeah you're going on a trip i forgot about that yeah any anyone any well i'm just i'm doing it's a a quick in and out because uh i have travel credits i had to use for any i i every this is probably the fun time of the year for everyone who had a trip booked in like the second quarter of 2020 is realizing their travel credits are expiring. And it's just, this is the summer of, of scramble travel where everyone goes, oh shit, I need to go on a trip. So that'll be, that'll be fun. I, I, I uh, Seattle's a nice city. Lovely people live in Seattle. The building apparently is gorgeous. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So it should, it should be fun. But I think, uh, I think, yeah, there's, there's going to be uh, that, that anyway, the point of that, the point of my closing diatribe was the flames got, this is, you know, this week has been a tough week. They had Edmonton, Colorado, then LA, St. Louis, LA. Granted, two of those games, they have a bit of schedule help. After this five games of challenge, tough divisional games, then it is four, te- four games against four teams that aren't in the playoffs. So the hope is, I think, internally, you can do some damage against the teams you're competing against for playoff spots, and then Maybe you do some, you, then you can do some damage against the teams or not. And then if you do what you're supposed to do in that period of time, maybe you clinch something during the next two weeks. And I think that's probably a realistic proposition uh, in terms of when will they, if you're asking, oh, when's a realistic time for them to clinch a playoff spot? Realistically, sometime first week of April is probably realistic. Division, maybe the week after that. If Hopefully. things yeah, go well. they do their business, hell yeah. So, and isn't this a hell of a lot better? Than talking about, oh God, let's talk about draft lottery odds. They'll always be. We'll we'll be back. Hockey is cyclical. We'll be back 
talking about draft lottery odds before too long, but not this year. No, we traded our first. We're, I still, I'll still eventually preview. I'm gonna dig deep to figure out prospects they could use there. Well, Three uh, picks on, but we, that'll we, be closer to June we'll, or July. In, in <laughs> one, when the Flames stop playing, we'll get. Uh, we have some friends at FC Hockey, future considerations, who can come on. Uh, probably a lot of them. Uh, we love our draft friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get some people on to talk about the, the draft in July because right now, playoff prep mm-hmm. begins. Uh, so that'll, I think that'll do it for, for Shane and I, uh, as, as per usual, Flames Nation Radio is brought to you by DoorDash and Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. So this has been episode 25 of Flames Nation Radio. For Shane, I'm Ryan. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 